Hello and welcome to the Kalamazoo Church of Christ podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We're a startup church we just planted in September 2020. And at the Kalamazoo Church, we believe that Christianity is done best when it is done together. And so if you live in the Kalamazoo area, we would love to connect. Be it coming to a Sunday service, one of our small groups, or even just grabbing coffee with a member to learn more. You can visit kalamazoo.church in order to do that. We pray that you are inspired by what you hear today. Going through a series on, on Messy Church, and we, we started, uh, and we realized that we're just, as, as people, we're a mess. Alec had a, a great illustration of he just, his shirt had a stain on it, from what I understand. I, I, I listened to it, I couldn't see the stain, but there was a stain on the shirt. He just, he sold totally, are there any stains on our shirts this, this morning? Does yeah. anybody have any? Andres, <laughs> oh, very good, very good. It's chocolate, you said? Or whatever you say. Uh, that's awesome. Um, you, you guys can open up here to Luke 15. He just said that we're, we're messed up people and that there's a couple of places we can go when we're messed up. We can pretend like, a couple of negative places I should say we can go is we can pretend like knowing that we're messed up, we can say, no, everything is good. It's, it's going pretty well. We're figuring it out. This bad thing happened. I, you know, you fill in the blank, but you know, it's, it's going to work itself out. So we can go there or we can go fall into this spot of self-pity and say that, wow, we're, you know, life just doesn't like me very much. And I'm just down on my luck and it's not, nothing's changing. And then not, not make changes for ourselves. The third option, obviously, is to lean into the grace of Jesus and totally sell out and say, we're messed up people, but because of Jesus, we have the opportunity to be whole again. Amen. Amen. Today, we're, we're going to continue. We, we realize this is uh, some, some problems, though, is that because we are messy people uh, and because we are relational people, we're going to be involved in some messy relationships. Right. Uh, the, the challenge for all of us, though, is to not pull back when, when, we, when we're in the mess of relationships. I've, I've wanted to do it, and I, I have done it at different times. When there's just any kind of conflict, I'm like, I don't have the energy to deal with this. I'm taking a step back. You figure yourself out and come to me when you're, when you're all good. And, and then the other thing that we can have a tendency to do in, in you know, these, these difficult relationships is to put the responsibility on, on Jesus. Oh, these, these relationships are messed up. Jesus, uh, you know, man, God's people, they're, they're just, they're, they're ridiculous. So Jesus then is, is, is bad. And I, I, I want to challenge us not to do either of those two things uh, just in, in our, in our day-to-day walk. But you consider all of the opportunities that we have to mess up relationships. Okay, so I, I just looked this up and we could say one way or the other about stuff you find online. Uh, there, was, there was differing statistics, but I looked up how many interactions do, does an average person have on an average day? How many interactions? And so I think an interaction, how it defined it, could be as, as little as a smile at a gas station. It could be obviously as big as a spouse or children interacting with them. But there was an estimate that about people in our age range, there's about 22 interactions that we have each day. And for some of us, that's a, a small number. For some, we realize that we have, we have way more than 22 interactions. And, and, and it, I think it varies. But if you just had to, to multiply 22 times 365, you'd end up with, in a course of a year, about 
8,000 interactions uh, for, for a whole year. And again, it seems like a small number, but you, you multiply that by 30, I'm, I'm 30 years old, and then you get 240,000 interactions uh, over the course of my, my life or my adult, my adult life. Inside of those interactions, though, there are so many opportunities to, to mess something up, right? It's not just like, I just, and sometimes it's a smile, but you could choose to yell at the person, you could choose to frown at the person, you could choose, if you wanted to, to even trip the person walking by. Right. There's a lot of opportunities for us to mess up relationships. That's not including or counting the text messages that you, that you sent over the last week. It's not including the, the time on social media that you posted or you didn't post. And that's, that's not, I, I don't even believe it's including the phone calls that you had over this week. This is face-to-face interactions. It, it's, it's, not, it's not a wonder why we, we're in the middle, or we can quickly be in the middle of messy relationships. Uh, we, we live in them. You think about husband and wife. It's, it's, it's great to be married, but there, there's, some, there's, there's mess. Uh, you think about your neighbor and neighbor. I remember growing up, and my, there, my dad was always, he always tried to act as a mediator, but there were two neighbors that were right across the street from us. That, I mean, this is literally what you, what you see. One, one, first they were like, hey, you're spying on me. One, nobody's spying on anybody else, generally, unless you're like, I mean, whatever. But almost always, almost always nobody is spying on anybody else. You're spying on me. Cops get called. So a fence gets, gets built up. Okay. Literally, a, a literal fence. They said, hey, the fence, it's, it's, it's taking off my sunlight from my plants. And so to, what they did was they built a bigger fence. That doesn't make any sense. That's what they did, though. You know what I'm saying? And neighbor and neighbor. There can, be, there can be issues there. You think about your, you know, we're talking about parenting. And I, I, there's, there's just fill in the blank of, of the messiness of parenting, right? Boss and employee, that kind of relationship, there's, there's, there's stuff you gotta, you gotta fight and you're in contention with, or there, there's issues, especially if you're your own boss. Uh, and then, and then you, you've got, on top of all of that, you've got siblings, brother and sister, and brother and brother in Christ. And, and we realize that, yeah, we're, we're using the same standard, but there's always something that goes on. That's, that's why so much of the Bible, you realize, had to be, had to be written, right? You, you think about the letters, from, you know, from Romans on through and up until Revelation, and even actually a bit in Revelation, there's contention that, that Paul or that Peter or that James is trying to work through uh, in, in these, these, these churches. Right. Uh, we're, we're here in Luke 15, and we're talking about messy relationships. In, in Luke 15, it's a pretty cool picture there, huh? Um, in verse 1, it just says, Now the tax collectors and sinners... We're all gathering around to hear Jesus, but the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. So pause here. How cool is it that, that our Lord is somebody who's identified as getting down and dirty with the messiest of people, the people who are looked down upon, the people who are, are totally on the outside of mess. Some of us are a mess. Most of all of us are a mess. Some of us are a mess in more obvious ways than others. These are the people that from the outside looking in, you're like, that guy's life is jacked. Right. And Jesus is right there in the middle with them. And, and it's from this, this story then that we, we get in Luke 15, the entirety of it is talking about a Jesus, God's relationship really with us. And he, he talks about the lost coin and the lost sheep. And then we're going to read the entirety actually of the parable of the lost son. And, and you've heard it said, perhaps you've heard it 
read so many times. I'm sure you've read it so many times. You, If you've been in church for any length of time, you've probably heard many lessons, perhaps dozens of lessons referencing or opening this. We're going to read it with a little bit of a different lens, okay? And so I, I, my, the challenge is to read this with a lens that in just a few, you know, this little few paragraphs, the commentary that Jesus makes to us and about our relationships. He speaks to the human condition so well in just a few short verses. We're going to read them and then we're going to, we're going to kind of decipher it. The, the, right. big, the big thing today that I, I pray that you guys take is that we are dependent on one another. Amen. If you believe it or if you don't, it's just the truth that we are dependent on one another. There's no such thing as a self-made person. You can go down and you can find it. You can be a millionaire, billionaire, trillion, however, no, there's no trillionaires. You can be a billionaire, that's fine, but, but you didn't do it by yourself. Somebody had to work for you. You had to get advice from somebody. You, had, you, you read the origin story of so many successful people, and it's not, I did this, I woke up, I raised myself, I, I, I fed myself the bottle. You know what I'm saying? Right. We are dependent on one another. And certainly... Uh, you, Certainly, spiritually, it's, it's the same way to an even greater extent. We're, right. we're going to read here. It's, it's Luke 15. This is Jesus talking. He says in verse 11, Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided the, his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together. All he had set off for a distant country and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of, the, of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare, and here I am starving to death? I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to, his, said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. We'll, we'll end scene right here. We're going to pause for a second. So what's, what's going on? If you've heard this explained already, then, then that's okay. You're going to get, uh, get it explained to you again. We live in a society that is largely individualistic. That doesn't necessarily make it evil or bad, but it, it, it's necessary to talk about when we're looking at stuff that happened thousands of years ago and, and stuff that Jesus is relating yeah. to thousands of years ago. It's, it's then important to, to kind of walk through and figure out what, what exactly it means. In that society, they're, they're living in a, a, collecti a collectivist time, basically. And, and essentially, there's, there's a lot that we could go into, but the entire framework that people used uh, for, their, for their experience was a communal one. And so it was always we. The idea of anyone being an individual would have been seen as, as crazy. It would have been seen as just nonsense. Uh, your, your occupation was totally determined by your, your family and, and what your family did. There were ancient plots of land that families lived on and raised their children on and, and, and then their children raised their children on. 
The idea of having like this generational faith, this faith that, oh, we want to build it in our kids. That was, it's, it's, it's almost, it doesn't even have to be talked about. It's just understood that is what you do. The, the radical concept in, in Jesus' time of becoming a Christian was not that I give up everything for the greater good of everybody. It's who the everybody was or who my community was that I'm giving up for because these individuals were ready and already giving up everything they had for their family. And that was their, that was their community. That was their collective group. To, to become a Christian then is to say, I'm going to stop giving up everything for this community. And above that, I'm going to give it to God's family of people that look a lot different, that act a lot different, that have totally different backgrounds, that some of us, the only connecting points we have is the faith. Right. But I'm going to give it all up for that. And this, this would have been, this was the radical part of, of Christianity in the day, certainly giving up everything, but less so giving up everything as it was giving up to who or to, to, to what group. You know, Paul, Paul says, uh, no one, he's talking to a group of people. You can just reference it. It's 1 Corinthians 10. He just says, no one should seek their own good, but the good of others. And then later on in, uh, it's 1 Corinthians 12. He says, so if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. And if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. This is the society that they grew up. This is the society that they're understanding. This is being said. And so when we hear right away, the, the, the son says, give me my share of the estate. What he's essentially saying is, because he would have received his share of the estate when his father passed, he's saying, you know, I count, I'm, I'm counting you as dead right now. Essentially, you're, you're, you're dead to me. Uh, and this relationship we see is totally severed, right? And, and because of this decision, the father doesn't try to convince him, or may, I, we, we, don't, we don't understand that he tries to convince him, but because of this decision, everybody suffers. The brothers, uh, these two brothers, we just, we just hear about one for most of the story. These two brothers suffer because one of them's walking and leaving the other, the other one. And maybe they, grew, they certainly grew up together, grew close together. They have so much shared experience together. It's severed. The, uh, the, 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 the people working the land and the wealth of the entire, uh, the wealth of the entire family suffer is, it suffers because now this estate, I'm taking it and, and it's, I'm selling it then. And when I sell it, then we can't, we can't reap the benefits of the harvest and such from this part of land. So I'm just, I'm just taking the quick buck and I'm getting out of here is, is what the son was doing. For you and me, though, relational decisions, decisions in regards to relationship, they actually, they always impact more than just that relationship, right. don't they? Think about any, maybe, maybe you grew up in a really... Uh, in an awesome childhood with an awesome uh, group of uh, awesome parents, but if there was if there was conflict, maybe you didn't. That 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 conflict then greatly impacts uh, how how you view marriage and how you interact with even even your siblings and certainly how you interact with with your parent. That that because of potential strife in a in a marriage, it affects the children. Right. We understand that. That there's there's strife in the workplace though. The same thing happens, right? If there's two employees and they're butting up, they're head to head every time, you know. Especially if you're kind of outside of the interaction, then what happens? Well, both sides are going to end up talking to you, right? And they're, oh, did you hear what so and so said? Yeah, she doesn't make any sense. Oh yeah, she took credit. And you can you can you can fill in the blank. You'd understand though that your relationship then is is greatly impacted 
by by this this negative relationship it creates an environment that you don't really want to be a part of yeah we can think about our relationships as if they're they're just separate islands right i have this relationship with my spouse i have this relationship with my children i have this relationship with this person or that person i have this relationship with my boss and yet every every relationship that you have that it they bleed into one another. Even if they, these two parties don't interact, it's, it's, it's what happens. Yeah, that's right. This, this story here, uh, work with me and, and, and just, just, uh, you, just, just work with me here that I, I think that perhaps we could read this story and we, we understand the, some of the Bible context. We could read the story and say, well, this is, this is good for that guy. He just, he asked for what he, he got, what he needed and he went out, he did it for himself. He's a self-made man. Yeah. He found himself, he had to experience hardship, but he made it back. You know, we, we could read that story in that way. You know, if there was no famine, we might even paint the story as a triumph. That he right. went to a far distant country. He was, you know, he just decided to immigrate there and he made his way. And this is inspiring. We, we could read it that way. But if we did so, we'd, we'd fail to understand the value of the relationships that, that were totally severed when he left. We don't, we don't really understand what the dynamics, we don't understand what the motives were for him deciding to, to leave. Maybe he just felt like, I don't want to do what I'm doing any longer. Maybe there was some uh, little thread that, that, that built into something bigger in this relationship. Maybe he just wanted his share and he really wanted to experience the world. Uh, maybe, he, maybe he wanted to leave his, the, his ancestral land where he was a part of and we, we realized that it's a foreign land because he, end up, he ends up working for somebody who, who has pigs, and Jews wouldn't have done that, um, or at least upstanding Jews wouldn't have done that. Have you, but for you, I, I want to ask us, have you ever felt like you were on an island, that you were isolated by your choices and decisions? You just, you're on an island, and you're isolated by your choices and decisions, and you look, and you see this relationship a little bit severed, and this relationship a little bit severed, and this relationship a little bit severed, and the, the weight of all of that just feels like too much to take a step forward. But you'd be in good company. Certainly this is uh, just a story, but, but it's, it's a commentary on the human condition. Let, let's keep reading, though, to see what the father says and how the father interacts with, with the son. So these, these relationships are totally severed. It says in... Uh, Luke, Luke 15, it says in verse 22, But the father said to his servant, Quick, bring the best robes and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger, sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For the son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came... Near the house, he heard the music and dancing. So he called one of his servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied. And your father has killed the fattened calf because he has put him back safe and sound. Because he has him back safe and sound, excuse me. And then in verse 28, the older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. 
But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And so we, we see that there's certainly, we, we realize the broken relationship between the younger son and, and the father and, and all of that. But what, what is going on too is there's, an, uh, there's a broken relationship between the older son and the father. Isn't there? There's, and and you, you, can, you can read this, but in, in how, do we, how do we know? You can feel it. But it, it says in verse, in verse 29, it talks about the relationship that the father and son have, this, this, older, this older son that just does what the father wants. And it's a transactional one, isn't it? It's, you asked me, so I did this, and this is what I get. This doesn't make any sense. And then you look at that guy, he's messed up. And how come you're showing some favor to him? This is how we can interact with God, though, at times. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That we can, we can interact with God in the same way and say, I've done this for you, God. I've done this for you, God. And now look at how come my, my, my marriage isn't as good as what I see in, in the world even. How come my children don't obey or listen to me? How come... There, there's this person working much less, making much more, and you just keep showing favor, at least on the outside looking in, to this guy. How come that is true? It doesn't, it doesn't make sense why the older brother would, would say this, though, just like it doesn't make sense why we'd say it. Because the, the harder the older brother works, actually, the, the more wealth he's building for himself, right. right? The better it actually is going to go for him in the long run. The harder he works, the more energy he puts in, the more diligent he is, the better it's going to go for him in the long run. Right, right. For, you and, for you and I, the, the harder that we work spiritually, the more that we give to God spiritually, the better it's going to go for us on the final day. Amen. Okay? So, so we, we understand, we can see ourselves certainly for, for those who have been in church or church, as you could say, for any length of time, we actually can probably see ourselves more so. Maybe at some point we were the younger son. A lot of us, though, are, have a tendency to be the older, the older brother. Right. That we've done, we're doing the right things, and yet we can look and see, how come this, how come this, how come that? You know, it, this, this, this relationship, though, is, is severed. What is, what is the, the son, when he sees it, what does the son do? He sees this party going on. He doesn't walk to the party. You read a little bit before, he actually calls a servant over and asks the servant, hey, what's going on over there? He doesn't even want to have anything to do with whatever uh, celebration is happening when he, when he sees what he's missing. Instead of saying, how come you, you, you never let me get even a young goat for the family party? He says, how come you never let me get, get a young goat for me and my buddies? Right. This this relationship is, is, is severed, but there it's it's... It's inspiring, though, the, that, that you can see. I hope you see a little bit of yourself in, in both of these. But Jesus is speaking, again, in this short little bit, to the condition that, that we all live in. Yeah, that's right. We do, we do messed up stuff. And we mess people up. There's forgiveness that occurs, but it's never on an island. Amen. Sorry, there, there's this little... It, kinda, it, it, it helped me. It was actually a really well-done slide. So this is... On, on one island, we've got... The wandering son leaving the relationship. On the other island, we've got the discontent son avoiding the relationship with his father. And then, and then we've got this father that, that's fighting for the relationship with these sons. 
the question we, we want to answer is how can, we, how can we avoid messy relationships? And the reality is you, you just can't. You're not going to be able to avoid messy relationships. There's two uh, little clip art boats there because we have to navigate these messy relationships, right? In, in, in all relationships, you can be like the older son. You can be present, but you, it doesn't mean that you're there, okay? Or you can be there, but it doesn't mean that you're present. Or, or you know, right. work with me here. You, you're, you physically can be in attendance at church, but your mind can be elsewhere. Your heart can be elsewhere. Your actions can actually be elsewhere as well. And it's not about just showing up to church. You can, in, in, in marriages, you know, it's, it's, uh, some people think it's a positive sign. I see it as pretty, pretty, uh, probably still negative, uh, is that the divorce rate is, is actually, uh, it's kind of stagnated now at a little under 50%, and it's uh, going down is, what, is what, what, what that means, though, in my opinion, is it, it, not in my opinion, what people are saying is it means people are getting married less, but also you can, you can be married and still not be in a strong marriage. You know what I'm saying? You can be married and not be in a great relationship. It's not just about staying married. It's about it's about staying married and working through things for God. And then you have to ask for, for your, your, you know, your children. I'm speaking a lot less to this side and a lot more to this side. Then you have to, you have to see, are your, are your children present then? In, in church, certainly, but as they interact with the world, is, the, is there a presence there that's more than just, you know, we, we're going to bring them to church. Certainly that's a great, that's a great conviction to build in. But there ought, there ought to be more there. There should be scriptures. You know, I, we, we, me and Bianca, we have this conviction that I just believe if Jordan can learn row, row, row your boat in like, you know, two minutes, she can learn a Bible scripture. Amen. She's two and a half, but I know she can, I know she can learn the Bible. I just, I realize that. So I just have to be creative and make it into a song, but I know she can learn it, right? I, I, I realize that because she knows dozens of songs that, that are just pointless and mean nothing. And they're just nursery rhymes and we, we have to we have to teach our children though to be fully present when when they're when they're interacting with God. Amen. Good stuff, bro. So one one practical uh, battery's running low, so we're we're we could be in trouble here in a minute. Yeah, we're with you, bro. All right. Um, the practical though is to start with seeing as as a we over me. Uh, think about what that would look like if you just defined how how are you doing. And you define it in whatever sphere or circle that, that, that you're in. That, that was the first thing that came to your mind. When somebody asks me how I'm doing, I go down with, oh, what's, what do I have going on today? Then I go, okay, how do I feel about what I have going on today? What if it was, how are you doing? And it's just the sphere of how is, how is your, your community, your church doing? Or how is your family, your, your, your church family doing? Amen. You're like, man, I just feel, if, if we are really going to live out the scriptures that say when one part rejoices, every part rejoices. And when one part suffers, every part suffers. That that ought to be where where we where we where we can get to where yeah. where it's that's just the frame with which we see. There's negatives, but I, if we if we just view it this way, because then maybe we lose we lose some. Uh, we just end up conforming uh, instead of really understanding why. But we are so far away as a society from just conforming without understanding why and questioning authority. Like we're we're just so on the other side of that that we don't have to worry about that. Is what I would say. Okay. Yeah. Uh, And so when, when one part rejoices, then we have to realize that every part should rejoice as well. There we go. And then there, there goes the slide. Uh, We're with you, bro. Amen. Um, 
<laughs> right. No, I, well, I got, I got this thing, so we're gonna be, we're gonna be okay. As you guys, as you guys consider all of, all of this, though, the idea of messy relationships, understand that we can't run away from them. We have to go through them, but also realize that what you do impacts everybody else. That, that if we are going to be a community, a Jesus community that people are, are, want to flock to, but a Jesus community that actually, actually practices the Bible, then, then how hard you work, how much you give to God, when nobody sees it, it really matters. And how much you pray for somebody, when nobody sees it, it really matters. And the stuff you do behind the scenes for yourself to grow closer to God, then to give there's many of us that will never understand the, the sacrifices that, that, that you all have made, but it really matters. We, we, one of, our, one of our, the coolest things, I think, about the Kalamazoo Church is that from what I understand, 1994 on, there have been people praying for uh, the, the International Churches of Christ to, be plant, to plant a church wow. in Kalamazoo. From 1994, we, so many of those on the original mission team two years ago were not even born at that time. But there have been prayers that have been built up, prayers that have been prayed. And I can't say, I don't know any of their names, or very few of their names, I should say. I, I trust, actually, that some who even prayed are, are not faithful right now. But they, they prayed, and I believe with my whole heart that God has heard their prayers. And that's, that's why there's so many, there's so many new faces here as, as, we, as we continue to build this, this group. Amen, what you do matters, though, and we are all dependent on one another. Uh, right now, Spencer is going to come up. He's going to pray for communion. And um, as, as we take communion, let's remember the, the reason for this relationship. It's not that we are born into it. We all made this decision, or we all are, are in the process of making a decision to truly follow God. Amen? Amen. Spencer, yeah. Thank you so much for listening to the Kalamazoo Church of Christ podcast. If you're in the Kalamazoo area... We'd love to get connected. Please go to kalamazoo.church and fill in your information to come to a Sunday service or any other event that we have going on. In any case, you'll be hearing from us next week. Come on! Too busy saving souls.